Hi, folks, and welcome to a special episode of West Obsessed, where the writers and editors of High Country News discuss issues that are critical to the American West. Uh, today, I just wanted to take a real quick moment to talk to our associate editor, Tay Wiles, uh, who's been covering uh, the protest camps outside of Standing Rock, North Dakota. You're speaking to us from, from where right now? Yeah, I'm at Prairie Nights Casino and Lodge, which is um, a hotel that's about 15 miles south of the camp, so right outside of Cannonball, North Dakota. Oh, yeah, and so we've been watching the news develop with this story very quickly. On Sunday, the Army Corps of Engineers announced that it would deny an easement that would allow the Dakota Access Pipeline to go forward, uh, pending an environmental impact uh, statement uh, and some analysis. Um, you were there in the camp for that. So what was the reaction to that news, first of all, in the camp? So it's really interesting being in the camp when news like that breaks. I, I've only, I was only there for two and, two and a half days, but when that news broke, um, it takes a long time for something like that to make its way around the camp because there's no Internet, there's no cell phone connection. So it's really just word of mouth. Um, people sort of running to each other and telling each other the news, and people aren't qu- quite sure what to believe. Um, I was sitting in on listening on in on a direct action uh, training session when I overheard someone next to me sort of whisper to someone else, hey, did you hear the news about Army Corps denying the easement? And I said, wait, what did you just say? And then, um, uh, and then I realized what all the hoops and hollers and celebration sounds um, had been that I had heard um, in the last half an hour. So um, in the hours following that announcement, there were um, – there was just media swarming uh, uh, tribal leaders who were there, camp leaders who were there. Uh, I believe Cornell West was still was still at the at the, at the camp at that point because he had, I believe, yeah, he had spoken that day at Osetti's Sakawin, uh camp that I was at. Um, so there was just sort of media swarming around uh, the leaders, camp leaders, and wanting to get their take on it. People were really excited. Um, a lot of people I talked to saying, I feel wonderful, this is why I came. But at the same time, there was a little bit of a, a somberness, too, I think. Um, and I feel like the celebrations were a little bit muted because there was still so much uncertainty, first of all, about where the information was coming from, but also not knowing what, um, how, the, how the company would respond, how Ener- Energy Transfer Partners, the pipeline company, would respond Um so a lot of people were sort of like, yeah, we're, we're really excited about this, but this is really only one step in the process, and we're not sure what to expect next. And do you get a sense then that uh, protesters are ready to stay there? Because the next thing we kind of need to talk about, I think, is the, the weather. Uh, winter is, is coming in. What, what are those conditions in the camp right now? You just left. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Monday, the, the Monday morning after that, that news came, um, a storm started rolling, and I woke up. I was, I was sleeping in the back of my car, and I woke up and uh, just the whole world was white. Everything was white, and um, it started snowing. I think around 10 a.m. something like that, and then and then um, didn't stop until much later in the day, and just got progressively windier. So um, by by Monday afternoon, there was a long line of cars of people trying to exit the camp. A lot of them probably were reporters, but a lot of them were also protesters who were realizing they weren't ready for um, the cold weather. Uh, that was rolling in, and um, last night, over the course of over the course of the night, I sort of heard bits and pieces of information of people whose tents were blown over, or fell down on top of them, um, 
and people who were needing to get to warm communal spaces throughout the camp, which there are a few throughout the camp, and I was in one last night. Um, so, yeah, there were some people who I think were really were really struggling, um, but overall, I um, it sounds like people are, were doing all right by the time I left at 11 a.m. this morning, and um, a lot of people are saying, we want to stick it out, you know, this this weather is only supposed to last another day or so. The road conditions are really bad. Let's just stay here um, at least for another day or two, if not for longer. But I think that's also because, um, partly because uh, the tribal chairman, David Archambault's uh, request to have people leave the camp now has not fully sunk in. And um, it'll be interesting to see when it does sink in if, if more people will leave. That's right. The Standing Rock Sioux tribal chairman, Dave Archambault, is... Uh, asking protesters to leave the camp. And, you know, I think that's because it's a bit of a dangerous situation. How, how dangerous is it there, and what do you think is going to happen next? Yeah, I mean, there were definitely a lot of reports flying around about people with hypothermia. <clears throat> a couple people came into the place where I was staying with hypothermia blankets on. Um, uh, apparently a couple of elders were, were people lost track of them last night, and there was a scare about whether they might be caught out in the cold. So it does seem like a dangerous situation for people who aren't prepared. I mean, I, I think that there are people there who would be prepared to stay through the winter. I don't think we should overlook that. But most of the people there uh, are not prepared. And um, I think that there are a lot of people from around the country who have given a lot, given up a lot to come here. And the community that's popped up on the land here has come to mean a lot to them. So I think it's going to be difficult for some people to sort of just get up and leave and, and go back to where they came from. But um I think they probably will want to respect uh, the tribal chairman's wishes on this. So, But it'll be interesting to see. We'll just have to wait and see. That's right. So this is a developing story. We're keeping an eye on it. Uh, we'll uh, update with dispatches as we have them. Uh, I'm Brian Calvert, the managing editor of High Country News. This is a special episode of West Obsessed, and I've been talking with our associate editor, Tay Wiles. Thanks, Tay. Thanks, Brian.